When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Sexy Mom Abundant Life with best-selling author and coach Kathy Williams, a show to help you tap into the support of the universe and access the abundance that's available in every area of your life. Listen in for conversations and tools to create more ease, joy, and possibility with family, relationships, business, and living. Kathy's joyful perspective will help you tap into your own wisdom and create a life of presence and abundance your way. Listen live on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or anytime on iTunes or at IOM FM. Welcome to Sexy Mom Abundant Life, everyone. This is Kathy Williams, and I am so delighted to have both authors of Conscious Luck here with me today. This this delicious little book is packed with amazing tools for changing your luck. And we're going to get into how luck can be a deliberate choice. It's not just a random thing. So I'm so delighted to have both Gay Hendricks and Carol Klein here uh, in, in this this conversation about eight secrets to intentionally change your life. So um, Gay and Carol are both number one New York Times bestselling authors, and um, Gay has written one of my very favorite books, which is The Big Leap. Um, powerful, powerful book and conscious loving and um, has been in the field of transformation for many, many years. And Carol has written, um, is a co-author of several of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And she has a really cool story about becoming a co-author of one of those. And um, she's also co-authored 14 books. And um, it's, it's just, you know, when I started reading this book, I was familiar with Gay and not so much with Carol. And and I just, like, lit up as, as I read one of her stories. And I was like, oh, it will be so much fun to have this chat. So welcome to the show. I'm just so delighted to have both of you here. Thank you well, for thank being you. here. Thank, thank you, you very much. much. It's great being with you, Kathy. Thank you. And um, I would just love to to have a little background about the book because you tell the story in um, in Conscious Luck of how Gay, you started this book, and then Carol was really a catalyst for propelling it forward. Yes, that's a wonderful story. Well, what happened was after I wrote The Big Leap, which came out about ten years ago, I 
sat for a year or two kind of figuring out what does I want to really say next? And the ideas in Conscious Luck kind of came crystallized in my mind. And I wrote some of the first half of the book and put it aside. And then I kept bumping into Carol. We live in the same little magical small town in California called Ojai, which is a artists and writers community about 90 minutes north of Los Angeles. And um, so I would bump into uh, Carol over the zucchini at the farmer's market or in the health food store. And, uh, but, uh, and she would always say, what are you doing with conscious luck? And so finally, I, uh, we got together and she took over writing the second half of the book and uh, polished it all up and brought it together. And so here we are with uh, the, uh, the, the first four chapters are really about all the, the background ideas and everything. And the last four chapters are all about the positive steps you can take and the action steps you can take to bring it all into action. But, but the whole big bonus of the book is that if you really open up to the ideas in it, your whole life will start getting luckier day by day. Thank you. And it feels that way. You know, I mean, I just completed the whole book. It, it took me a little while. And, and the first part is really about making that deliberate commitment. And, and so I think a lot of people believe that luck is a random thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I'd love to, because for me, it was a big journey. Those two words, conscious and luck, I've never seen put together before. Every, you know, everybody has luck. Something great happens. Something bad happens. Luck seems to be not within your control. And what was so, like, haunting about this idea, Gay showed it to me eight years ago, and I had it as an icon on my desktop, and I'd see it, and I'd say, because it was the original manuscript, and I had saved it onto my desktop, and I didn't ever actually read it again, but that name, just conscious luck. How can you make luck a conscious choice, a conscious act? And so it haunted me, and I was so, I felt so completely lucky to be able to write this book. When Gay and I discussed it, I said, you know, would you be willing to let me, uh, you know, work on this book with you, collaborate, finish it out for you? And I realized, you'll see in my story, that's part of my story, but it has been the key. One of the conscious things I've done intentionally is to ask for what I want, to put myself out there and take bold action. So when I looked back on my life after reading the first part of this book and then doing research, I found that, you know, that has been one of the big, big foundations of my luck is that taking bold action, asking for what I want. But there were other things, and Gay brings them. Gay started out talking about the commitment to luck and then clearing away your barriers to luck. And then in a very unique way, uh, I think this was what, is so fantastic for so many people. They've never heard this. How does shame, how can you take shame and turn that into a magnet and a, that, that space you, it holds in your body energetically? How can you turn that around? So I think the meta shift, um, we'll get into more of the other uh, secrets, I think, but the meta shift for me was we interviewed someone and her name was Tina Selig. And she is a professor at Stanford. And her quote that luck, most people think of luck as a lightning strike, isolated, dramatic, and random, where in fact luck is a wind that's always blowing, and it's up to you to raise your sail and harness it. So that meta shift that, oh, my goodness, it's not something outside my control. It's not external. It's something I can do. I can put myself in the winds of luck to, to harness them. 
That is so beautiful. I love that. It's like a wind that's always blowing. You know, it makes me think of, I said, I like to say that the universe is always saying yes. You know, it's, uh, and what you believe, the universe is, you know, blowing, I guess, in a way. And and so I would love to, to just look at that idea of, of the shame and changing it into luck. Because for me, that was such a powerful exercise. I would love for listeners to, to hear at least a part of that. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Well, that came out of an actual personal experience of mine that set me off on this path because um, about 30 years ago, my brother and I were down in Florida at my mother's house, uh, kind of cleaning it up and cleaning it out, preparing it to be sold after my mother passed away in 1990. And I came across this, I was putting away a picture frame and and an envelope with a letter and it fell out of the back of the picture frame where it had obviously been stuck in there so many years ago, because the postmark on it was 1945, which was the year I was born. And wow. so I picked, yeah, it was a stunner moment for me. And I opened the envelope and I pulled it out. And then my whole life transformed because the letter was a letter from my mother's church group to my mother begging her to come out of the house, not to, to stay locked in her house after my birth. And the whole letter was about, Norma, you don't, you know, we accept you. I know you feel ashamed about uh, the birth and that kind of thing um, and the way it happened. But we, we love you and accept you and we'd do anything to have you come back. Please leave the house. Come, you know, don't stay locked in. And I, I, I felt this feeling wash over me that I'd never really known about before I realized that I'd been I'd spent the first part of my life the first nine months of my life actual gestated in shame having the experience of shame all around me and suddenly I could feel it in my body how I had picked it up and opened up to it in my body unconsciously but I didn't really it was kind of like a light going on in areas of my body that I'd never paid attention to. And I realized I had stored up all of this shame in my body. And so I was standing there and I, I know what human beings need to do to transform things just because I've worked as a psychologist for 50 years. And one of the things we most need to do to change something is to simply first accept it as it is and not try to hide it from ourselves. And so I just stood there feeling it for a little while, that feeling of shame. And I then had this realization that, oh, I've got this whole new area of my body that I hadn't been aware of. And it's like I'd, I'd had it planted with a field of shame, but there was no law that said I couldn't replant it with a field of roses or a field of positive possibility. So what I did in that moment was I decided to open up to it as an attractor field to, to create it anew as an attractor field for love and luck. And so I began to open up and do that with more and more people when I would work with them about some issue. I would have them feel the issue in their body and then rededicate that territory to a purpose of their own conscious choosing. So if you think about it, we do inherit our history 
our history lands in our body, but we don't have to keep it preserved there in its original state. Just like you could inherit a bottle of wine that had turned into vinegar over the years, but you could pour it out and make it into a, a lamp or something that would be a more positive thing to do with it than to have a bottle of decomposed wine. And so to to land in your body, to, to feel what has landed in your body and then rededicate that to a, a purpose that's of your choosing. And that's so beautiful, especially like the, the idea that you mentioned, it, it's like a garden. You can replant it. And I mean, what a stroke of luck that that envelope fell out and you were able to see what your mother was going through. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that it happened in that moment and it was me that was was handling that picture for him. But right across the room, my brother was packing another box, you know, and so he could have put the picture frame in there and I've never seen it. So that's the beauty of life that you, you never know what's coming at you, but your job is to make the most of it. And you did. So, so people have these negative experiences like shame. How do you suggest they replant them? I know you talk about this in the book. What, what's, what's a simple process? I love the, the simplicity of what you suggested. Yes. Well, the one thing that I would really recommend that people do that will only take you 10 or 15 seconds, but it really gets you started on the right path, is to make a commitment to being luckier today than you've ever been in your life and to make a commitment to being luckier tomorrow than you've ever been in your life. And so make a commitment right now, wherever you're sitting or standing or driving or wherever you're listening to this, make a commitment to your life being about increasing in luck all the time. And the reason I recommend that you do that is because every important self-change program that you engage in has to start with a sincere commitment. First, you have to be simply willing to make the change, but what really makes the change happen is when you make a commitment to it, a sincere commitment. So if you can make a sincere commitment this With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Moment to being luckier every day of your life. That's a great place to start and begin to open up to kind of uncover all of those old feelings like shame and everything else that you can then replant with a new uh, crop in your garden. 
That is the first of your eight secrets. Commit to be a VLP, a very lucky person. So the, the first four, as you mentioned, are kind of like the foundation, right? Committing, releasing your personal barriers to a good fortune, transforming shame into a magnet. I love that you use the word magnet, like let's, let's attract luck. Um, and do either of you have a story about kind of releasing your personal barriers to good fortune or transforming shame into a magnet that, that you could really like paint it, paint a picture for the listeners? Okay, I think yes, we both here. have some wonderful stories, <laughs> but uh, Carol, why don't you go ahead and start? Well, I think in terms of this transforming shame into a magnet for luck, I had never heard of that. So I'm going to turn that back because I love the story you tell about what happened once you transformed your shame machinery into luck attracting machinery. It was very inspiring. So I'm going to let you do that one and then I'll, uh, I'll take up the rear. Yes, well, the important thing about shame is first to locate where you feel it. And I've, I've worked with, I think last time we counted, I worked with something like 20,000 individuals and about 4,500 couples. And in every situation where people make changes, one of the first important things we need to do is simply open up and feel whatever you're feeling inside yourself. And our, our emotions have been layered up in our body like a parfait in the sense that most of us feel the symptoms of anger further up in our bodies like your jaws get tense or your shoulders get tight or the back of your neck gets tense. Whereas when you feel sad, most people tend to feel it down in your chest area, you know, like where you feel things like love and compassion and heartache and those kinds of things. Um, and so Fear is one level lower. Most people, when we feel our fear, feel it in the area of our belly. Well, shame is a whole different experience, though, because shame can be just about everywhere in ourselves. And because many of us, like I did, had it even before we were born. And so what I, I think that the possibility is, though, is for what happened to me afterwards is that things started moving in a more positive direction. Things started kind of falling into my lap, so to speak. And I think it was because I had opened up and built this larger attractor field um, for luck. I also want to mention love, too, because I always put the two things together, because in my view, we need to open up and increase our ability to love ourselves at the same time as we're increasing our, our ability to uh, be more lucky because one without the other doesn't really work as well. But if you can have both love and luck working together, then you've got a real miracle going for yourself. Yeah, one thing I want to piggyback on what Gay just said is that I had never... Oh, you know what? It sounds like it's time for a break. So we're going to piggyback right after this. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it, Carol. 
So thank you everybody for listening to Sexy Mom Abundant Life. We'll be right back with guests Carol Klein and Gay Hendricks. And I'm so grateful you're here. All of you. Feed your soul with waves of consciousness on Ohm Times Radio. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of Om Times Magazine's flagship radio show, What is Going On? My passion is sifting through information, research, and innovations from new thought teachers, speakers, and researchers pushing back the boundaries of what we know about life, energy, metaphysics, and the universe. I love shifting perceptions about who we are, why we're here, and how quickly impossible becomes normal when we open our minds, expand our awareness, and accept that the only limits that exist are those we place upon ourselves. So if you're the kind of forward-thinking, eager investigator of what lies beyond the current reality that most perceive, why not make a date to come play with me in the field of possibilities at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday, and together we can discover what's really going on. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to Sexy Mom Abundant Life. I'm so grateful you're here. As a listener, you can pop over to meetkathywilliams.com and get 20% off any item in the shop, including videos, energy pulls, even private sessions by entering the code SMRADIO. Also at meetkathywilliams.com, you can download a free Create Your Life exercise and join me for online classes and Hawaii retreats. And if you're stuck, helping you get unstuck is my specialty. I'd love to work with you one-on-one. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to Sexy Mom Abundant Life, everyone. This is Kathy Williams here with two amazing authors and amazing people, Gay Hendricks and Carol Klein. I'm just so delighted to have both of you and see both of you. <laughs> and um, so we're talking about conscious luck, eight secrets to intentionally change your fortune. And you know, we've talked about the fact that most people initially think that luck is a random occurrence and that by committing to being lucky, you can totally change that because it's a conscious choice. And then by changing shame and and tapping into 
self-love, you can actually create yourself as, a, or that old shame, that place where shame was, into sort of a magnet for uh, luck. And Carol, I know we left at a place oh. where you were about to tell us a story. I was. I was going to tell you that for me, I hadn't re understood this concept of shame in the body. I really understood that people felt ashamed of things. And one of the things I really wanted to make sure your listeners heard was that he, Gay talked about that. It's sort of all over your body. It can be places where you've been hit as a child down the back of your legs. It can be in your sexual, you know, reproductive areas. It can be um, hands where you've been rulered. It can be um, blushing, you know, where you get embarrassed. And the other day we were interviewed uh, by someone who specializes in trauma, in trauma and um, abusive relationships. And I realized I had been in an abusive relationship and I never sort of realized the shame and it, it lived in my heart, throat and in my face. So I am still about to do the exercise because it just was like two days ago where I'm going to take this feeling and repurpose it. Because that's the point of the book is, I mean, this exact secret is that a lot of times we, we carry around that shame in our bodies and don't know it. It's a, it's a freeloader. It's like a squatter. So you yeah. can take that. And once you have, um, I located it felt it in the body. You don't have to go into what caused it. You can just sort of pour clean water into that muddy, that muddy uh, glass of muddy water and just let it go until it becomes clear, sparkling, and planted that new feel. So I've, I've mixed my metaphors, but you get what I mean. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's so fascinating to me, too, how the book sort of opened up places for me around shame. And I know you mentioned, like, it can be anywhere in the body. And I felt it in the head is that embarrassed feeling that you get when you go, oh, no. Or um, in my chest, and I realized in ballet, I was shamed over and over in front of people, like you're yelled at people, you're yelled at in front of everyone. And, you know, I never interpreted that as slightly abusive or, you know, I'm, I'm accumulating all this, this stuff. Shame. And, and yeah, and this book helped me look at that and, you know, create it as something different and, and probably like that parfait there are probably still layers but um <laughs> they're there you know. <laughs> it's so funny to call a, a, something yummy as a perfect parfait I don't, I don't think of shame as a parfait it's too, you know, <laughs> too yummy yeah um so then we have we we talked about sort of the four layers that are foundational and then you have the the four secrets that are more practices um like the first one have luck worthy goals so what are what makes a goal luck worthy rather than not luck worthy well we want to say in you, you want to always give luck a good place to land and a good reason to land. Um, you know, like, if you've got a goal that's a surface-level goal, I think it's harder to manifest that because the universe almost always gives you what you need rather than what you want. You know, for example, 
let's say you you go out and buy a brand new two hundred fifty thousand dollar but what that's really about is to over a sense of poor self-esteem the first week you own it something's going to rear end you you know because you've gotten your self-esteem tied up with your back bumper and then once your back bumper gets dinged the whole thing is over and so i actually witnessed that one day I live near the Ojai Valley Inn, and I came out of, I, over there playing golf, and I came out of the front door, I mean the gate, and I had just seen in back by the golf course a man with a brand new red Ferrari, and he looked so cool driving his red Ferrari. Then later on, I came out of the inn, and he had, his car had broken down outside the front door of the inn, and his hood was up, and I could hear him screaming on his phone, you know, no doubt screaming to the Ferrari deal, you know, because my quarter-million-dollar car isn't supposed to break down on the road here right outside my valley end where everybody can see me. And so I, uh, I felt this compassion for him because if you do get your net worth and your worth bound up together in any way, you know, if you get your self-worth tied up with anything manifest, you're kind of like holding up a kick me sign uh, because it's wonderful to have a new red Ferrari, but if you do it to overcome a self-esteem deficit, that's a different story because this needs to happen. We need to go deeper underneath to find out what our real motivations are, why we really does it come out of a sense of scarcity, for example? Is he trying to make up an old sense of scarcity? So what I like to do and what I think increases people's luck is start exactly. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where we are and love ourselves deeply for whatever we're, we are and whatever we are not. And then open that space from which you can design something new for your life. So the first moment is a moment of love and compassion for yourself. And then the next moment is a moment of creating of your divine ability to create what you most want to have in the world. You know, I you saying a couple of things, and and one of them was, you know, the story of the the man in your book who inherited a bunch of money, and he just blew it. Right, he blew right through almost two million dollars. Maybe he had two hundred thousand left or something like that. And you helped him look at, you know, what was going on with him within himself that created that. Yeah, well, 
in his case, I've actually seen this with a number of other people too. It's not a unique thing with people who inherit money and then blow a lot of it. Is if underneath it you don't feel like you deserve it, then your bank account will gradually come to that level. <laughs> and so in his case, his problem was that it was tied up with a lot of old anger toward his father. So when he got the money, what was he going to do? No, I can't really be angry at my father anymore because he just gave me a couple of million dollars. But what can I do? Well, I can blow the money, and that way my anger, I can express my anger for my father that way. You know, But our unconscious mind, like one of my old mentors back in graduate school, is that uh, the unconscious mind has a great deal of power, but it's not very smart. Because it, you know, if it wants to get you out of uh, making a speech downtown at noon, It'll be happy to get you into a fender bender at 10:45 if you don't really want to make that uh, speech. And so, uh, and our conscious mind needs to be given some clear directions. But it's very smart. It'll get you to where you're going. But we need to have both of our unconscious and our conscious minds working in harmony with each other. Yeah, yeah. And the and the book definitely gives tools for that. Some ways to do that. Then the second thing it brought up for me. When you were talking about that and and the the goals, luckworthy goals, is that as we create our goals in the book, you ask us to close our eyes. There's an exercise in which we close our eyes and then tap into the the feeling of that goal. And I found that to be a very useful practice. Both of our, the, I think, the three things that I was focusing on for the the exercise. Um, one of them is a relationship. I'm getting divorced, um, and I've seen what I don't want. <laughs> and um, and then one of them had to do with work, and and so and then the third one had to do more with my own spiritual alignment. So each of those three goals really had a very expansive, wonderful sense about them when I did that exercise. And um, so, can you explain that to listeners a little bit about about you know tapping into is my is my goal really a luckworthy one? Well, I'd love to have a chance to address that because the goal section was a real light bulb for me. We have goals, and I didn't realize, but luck chases luck chases worthy goals. You give luck a reason to visit when your, luck, your goals are luckworthy. So the thing that is most important, there are three, there are three um, characteristics, you know, guidelines for making luckworthy goals. The first is that you love, it, create, it lights you up your goal. It really is deeply felt as what you want in your life. You connect to it. You, it lights you up. I love that term. The second is that it's meaningful to you that it creates purpose. It gives you a feeling of being on purpose and an integrity for your soul. Those two, if you have goals that bring those out, you will definitely have more luck. But if you want to turbocharge it, if you want to turbocharge your goal so that luck is like chasing after you, then, you make, it, <laughs> well, then you make the goal something that also helps other people. That it's, you know, sort of you, you give the good karma uh, little plug in there that you're going, to, you're going to support the universe so the universe will support you. 
And we had all kinds of uh, stories about that, where people who were going, you know, were doing things that meant so much to them, but when they added that, there's a, a little anecdote about our colleague, Jack Canfield, using muscle testing to test this woman got up and her goal was okay, but when she added how it would affect other people, it just made her rock solid, her nervous system just coalesced around it. So that's really important. And you can take any goal and find how it will benefit other people. And just keeping that in mind, you don't have to be other Teresa, you don't have to be selfless, you can want what you want, what's appropriate for you. And so it's really important to realize that luckworthy goals is actually one of the four foundational shifts. You, you make it, you go back. Most people just think about what they have to do today. What's urgent? Yes. What does have to, yeah. you know, they forget what's important. And so this is getting in touch with what's important, what lights you up, and what is, um, could help others. And, and you mentioned the, the serotonin sort of benefits when, when you include others in, in what you're choosing. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah um, and there's, there's an example of muscle testing in, in that as well, in which right. I think it was Jack Canfield muscle tested when people thought of the benefits of their goal on themselves only. Right. And then muscle-tested people when they were thinking of the benefits for others. And and there's a, you know, marked difference. You know, people yes. feel stronger when they're thinking of how that goal is going to benefit others, which is quite amazing. Well, ah. you know what's interesting, Kathy, is that Darwin actually didn't say, you know, survival of the fittest. He said survival of the kindest, that people who cooperate, who help the the whole cooperative, the the team, the tribe, they actually survived better. So there was a, a definitely a miss, a miss. They went down the wrong road with what he really meant. Yeah, it's so funny that was misconstrued. Now, both of you have mentioned taking, you know, some kind of bold action or risk. And I would love for you to talk about how that relates to being lucky. You know, bold action can be even very quiet action um, because when you think of bold action, you sometimes think of kind of thing. But uh, I tell a story in the book of getting in the right place at the right time is so important, too. And there was this moment when I was changing planes in the Dallas airport some years ago, and my plane was late, and I was madly running from one end of the Dallas airport to the other. I had about a mile to cover and got on the little train and everything. And about halfway to the other gate, I saw that my plane said it was um, had finished boarding. And so I kind of eased up and enjoyed myself. And so I walked leisurely over there and quit, quit running. And um, as I got closer to the to the podium, there was this man there throwing a temper tantrum about not being able to get on the plane. And the poor clerk was patiently saying, I'm sorry, sir, the plane is full. It's The door is closed and it's leaving and we can't do anything about it. We can help put you on another flight. And this guy was going ballistic. He was saying, I am Humphrey T. Hollingsworth III, and you may not treat me this way. I'm going to sue this airline for every cent you own. You know, he was on one of those airplane day uh, rants. And so I just kind of breathed and 
felt some compassion for the uh, uh, clerks. And then I stepped up into the place when the man went off up the uh, concourse. And I said something like, rough day or something. And the clerk said, ah, you wouldn't believe it. And I said, I don't know if there's any possibility, but I did want to go to New York on this flight. And uh, it sounds like things are full, but uh, that's my situation. And just then, up comes from the uh, jetway, one of the flight attendants kind of jogging up. And I hear this whispered conversation that we miscounted. We have one seat left. And I saw the clerk kind of look up the concourse to where Humphrey T. Hollingsworth was standing up there. <laughs> Still and then the clerk turned to me and said, we've got a seat available. It's in first class. And so I went from no seat to first class in about one minute there because of just kind of easing up and getting there at the right time. And to me, that's bold action because it's, it's action in service of your Goal, whatever the service, and if you can do it in a, you know, an open-hearted way, I think your chances of getting to where you're going is so much um, easier than when you make a big fuss about things. And and I love that you mentioned that because, in a way, you know, we so many people think of striving or efforting, and and there was really, it, as you tell the story in the book, you talked about coming back to your essence pace. I think that's what it was, the essence paste. And what is that? And and how did you recalibrate back to that? Yes. Well, I first started noticing this in couples therapy many years ago when I worked with a couple who'd come. My wife and I, when we see couples, sometimes they come from out of state or sometimes out of country, and they stay here for a couple of days, and they're the only people we work with. So I worked, cool. worked intensively with this couple, and for a break one day, we went out for a walk, the four of us. It's a beautiful day at the time in Colorado, and so we went out for this walk, and I noticed that she was way out in front of him. She was kind of a rapid, purposeful walker, and he was a kind of an ambling, slow-moving guy. And I suddenly realized that that was the key to everything that was going on in their relationship because she made decisions much faster. He was much more easygoing. She drank coffee all the time. And she drank herbal tea. <laughs> so they had two different essences. Cases. They were going through life at a different way. And here's the problem that happens with couples. Is she was trying to make him be more her way, yeah. and he was trying to make her be more his way. Uh. And <laughs> so I have a question. Well. So so then how did they get on the same essence pace? If they don't have the same essence pace, how did they do it? I will reveal the secret shortly. But oh! I will it in the background. <laughs> Keep us waiting on the edge of our seat. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Sexy Mom Abundant Life. We'll be back in just a moment with guests Gay Hendricks and Carol Klein. Thanks for being here. The future of Internet radio is here. Own Times Radio. I own FM. Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site but a spiritual dating site with a purpose to link you with your soulmate. 
we engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free. AscendingHearts.com Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to Sexy Mom Abundant Life. I'm so grateful you're here. As a listener, you can pop over to meetkathywilliams.com and get 20% off any item in the shop, including videos, energy pulls, even private sessions by entering the code SMRADIO. Also at meetkathywilliams.com, you can download a free Create Your Life exercise and join me for online classes and Hawaii retreats. And if you're stuck, helping you get unstuck is my specialty. I'd love to work with you one-on-one. More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, Cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Sexy Mom Abundant Life, everyone. Today we're discussing conscious luck, secrets to intentionally change your fortune. And we're fortunate today to have two amazing guests, Gay Hendricks and Carol Klein. And we've been talking about foundational practices for luck and and changing your perspective around luck so you can have more of it. And not just for your perspective, but actually your energy. And um, we were just talking amongst ourselves. Um, I know Gay left us hanging on the edge of our seats. So uh, we're going to go back to that. Yeah, well, I was talking about a couple that her essence pace was way out in front of his. And he, he kind of walked slowly and she was sprinting along rapidly in front of him. And I had them actually try on each other's pace, just like in a couple session, you might have one person speak and then the other person reflect back that they've understood it and those kinds of t- techniques. But this was done on a kind of a physical level. So I had him 
walk at her pace for a little while, through a half a block or so, and then I had her walk at his pace. It drove them both nuts. They both had old stuff come up around that. In her case, she was kind of like always trying to outrun her brother, who was, she was in competition with when she was growing up. So she was projecting all her old brother stuff onto her husband. And he was always getting told as a kid to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And so he learned to kind of go slow as almost a rebellion. Oh. And so, but, but once they tried on each other's experience, it's really true that you don't really know, know another person until you try on what they must be feeling. We can never know that for sure, but if I tell you I'm angry about something and you reject that, if you say, well, there's no need to be angry about that, you know, that doesn't create harmony. Yeah. What creates harmony is when you try on someone else's emotion or feeling or point of view and see how that fits. You may not like it, but at least you've experienced it and been with it and opened up the space for for having it be something you can feel in your own body. Well, that's such a valuable move because every time you do that, you get a little bit of a taste of what the other world is really like, the other world outside our skin. And that's an incredibly valuable thing to be aware of as we move through the world. What's going on in the other person's skin? We can never know for sure, but we can open up our hearts to it. You know, that, that made me think of when I was studying Ayurveda and the teacher said, okay, now let's be light and expansive. And, and that was easy. And now let's be heavy like rocks. And I sat there being a rock. And then I was like, let me find the expansiveness, the space within this <laughs> rock, you know? And, and so I, I explained that afterwards to the teacher and he said, you cheated. <laughs> You're supposed to be a rock. You're not supposed to find the space. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's sort of my essence, that expansion rather than that. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to what Gay just said because I had shared that my husband has a slower pace, essence pace than my, or pace than mine. I don't want to call it an essence pace because what happened was, I have actually done the essence pace. To get to your own essence pace, you need to find the way to move through space with a sincere smile on your face, staying centered inside your body. So if you're feeling that rush and anxiety and you know pushing yourself ahead of yourself or lagging behind yourself, regretting not being present, you can take you're never more than a breath away, three breaths at the most from finding your center. So you stop, you take a deep breath, a long, slow, deep breath through your nose, in and out, maybe two more if you want to be really centered. And then from that place, you start walking again. And you can go fast or slow. It's not about maintaining, you know, not having a little bit of breathlessness if you want to go quickly, but that centered place where you can have a smile from in deep, sincere smile. And when I did that, I slowed down and I was able to walk with my husband better. <laughs> so that was, for me, finding my essence space was helpful in my relationship. You know, like, I know the power of the breath. And when you said in the book, three conscious breaths, 
Um, there was a powerful statement you made about that too, which I have now forgotten. Um, <laughs> it, chases, it chases the stress chemistry out of your body. It, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system. Just yes. three breaths. It's really, it's an experiment that you can try anytime, day or night. And here's the secret. Make each breath a round trip of eight to 10 seconds. Because the reason is, if you slow your breathing down to eight to 10 seconds per in and out breath, you actually turn off the stress chemistry in your body. And so the scientific study I saw was that all you really need to do is take three big, easy breaths, and that begins to decrease the stress chemistry in your body and change it to a more centered state. And it's very simple to do, you know, it doesn't cost you a dime to take three easy breaths and just try it sometime when you're feeling a little off center or even right this moment, no way it can ever hurt you. You just take three easy breaths and it begins to ease things up because it also creates a little space around whatever you're feeling at that moment. That is so powerful that just, it just takes three. That's amazing. So. What of the next steps that you suggest for being lucky is finding your lucky tribe and and also then being in the right place at the right time, which I think a lot of us also think is a little bit synchronicity, random sort of hope, you know, is involved, but it's just like, how do you do that? We have a Facebook page where we have a wonderful, thriving Lucky Tribe. Oh, cool! Go <laughs> find their Lucky Tribe there because it's full of wonderful stories. People tell these without us even really uh, prompting them. People write in and tell us these great stories of things that have happened since they've started reading the book. And I love to see things like that because there's nothing that warms my heart more than seeing somebody else make a big change that works for them in their life. That's what I live for. So, so yeah, it sounds very powerful. Is the name Luck, Conscious Lucky Tribe? It's called or? Conscious Luck, Conscious Luck Global Community. It's a Facebook, there's a page just Conscious Luck, and then there's a community you can join, a group. And it's a private group, so you can get in. And we post every day on the Conscious Luck page. We answer questions on the Conscious Luck group. And it's really a wonderful way to – associations are so important. You know, people what – people, what really people ran, don't really understand is that our luck is created by the combined results of our actions, our attitudes, and our associations. And that you're creating your luck right this minute. So why not create it consciously to be good fortune, to be – because the people around you can bring you down. How many people do you have in your life that you share victim stories almost exclusively? You get on the phone and you complain and commiserate and awfulize about whatever's going on. It can be personal. It can be global. It can be political, whatever. And those people, even though we love them, they can often have a very negative effect on our luck because they keep us in this place of negativity and contraction. So in the book, we have an exercise you can do to identify those people. And we don't have to cut them out of our lives. We have to get stronger. We might want to minimize their, uh, their stay at this point. Maybe rather than two hours, we spend 20 minutes with them. But then and we have actually have a story of a young man whose family was the unlucky tribe for him. And he had to move just far away so he wasn't there every day in their orbit. 
but he kept a great relationship with them. So you don't have to cut these people out. And you can have a virtual lucky tribe, which is what we invite people to do who are on their conscious luck journey together. That is so cool. I love that that's available. And and the exercise of going through your phone and getting sensing the energy and the connection of, of each person, profound. Yeah. Yes. So um, then what about being at the right place at the right time? It's part of the art of conscious luck is to learn how to move through life at a pace that puts you at the right place in the right time in the sense of having things line up to support you. And to give a simple example, when I was first putting all this to work in my own life, I was walking toward a door of my building where my office was with a big box of books in my arms. And as I was walking toward the door, I realized, oh my goodness, it's Sunday. The building isn't going to be open, and I'd forgotten my key to the whole building. I had my key to my office, but I didn't have my key to the whole building because when I went there, it was always open. Oh. So, um, but as I was walking toward the door and having this realization, and my heart was thinking, suddenly the door opened from the other side, and somebody came out and held the door for me, and I walked right through. It's probably the only other person that was in the building that afternoon. It just happened to be right there. And so that's what I mean by moving through life so that you have those kinds of experiences. That lets you know that you've chosen luck and you're open to the winds blowing you in the lucky direction all the time. I love that. Thank you. And there's you. also there's also the, you know, your inner GPS. We really tell people that you have a guidance system. You can't possibly calculate on the level of your brain where to be at the right time at the right place. You know, it just isn't possible. But it is possible if you follow and very, very keep yourself in integrity um, to your values and you also listen to your intuition. We have intuitions that we often just disregard. And when you, when you move at your essence pace, so there's your body, you're moving at the right space for you, you're moving in, in tune with your integrity and listening to your intuition, we guarantee you'll end up in a lucky spot. In our GPS. I love that. Yes. So the final uh, um, secret in the book is gratitude and appreciation. And you mentioned that this is actually the number one. <laughs> Thank you, Master. You you give it at the end, but it's actually number one. <laughs> we could have easily put it at the beginning. Uh, but I think gratitude opens up a space for good things to happen in your life. Because if you think of the other way you go through life feeling entitled that yeah. you're supposed to have good things, eh, that sends kind of a yucky message to the universe. Uh, so um, gratitude to me is one of the great gifts of human life, the human experience. And along those lines, I want to thank you for your radio show and for the good you're doing in the world. Thank you very much for spreading the word about so many good things, Kathy. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you both for being here. I'm so delighted. It was such a wonderful surprise to have you as well, Gay. And um, Conscious Luck. I ConsciousLuck.com. Luck. .com. Great. And check it out, everyone. Please visit. It's amazing.